guys. Welcome back to the Forking Wellness Podcast. My name is Barry Strickoff, Registered Dietitian. And I'm Sophie Bertrand, Registered Nutritionist, and we are the authors of the Forking Wellness book and obviously the Forking Wellness Podcast. Each week we sit down and we discuss all things health and wellness from debunking diet myths to nutrition information, lifestyle factors, etc. Stick with us while we try and work out what the Fork Wellness really is. I don't even know what we do. This season's podcast is sponsored by Exhale Coffee, the UK's first coffee sourced and roasted for health and performance. It's organic and tested free from mycotoxins and pesticides, and one cup of Exhale Coffee independently tested to have the same antioxidants as 12 planets of blueberries or 55 oranges. That is literally insane. It's also optimized for polyphenols and two cups provides 20% of your RDA of vitamin B3 necessary for energy production and brain support. So how do they do this? Through their unique process involving nine different independent lab tests, locks and more of coffee's natural healthy compounds while keeping out the bad and is overseen by Dr. Rufi, NHS medical doctor and Alex Manos, functional medicine practitioner. For those who are trying to avoid caffeine, they also offer a decaf, which is the same coffee that's been decaffeinated by the chemical-free mountain water process, which only uses pure spring water from the highest mountain in Mexico to gently extract 99.9% of caffeine and leave all the healthy polyphenols in place. For those who sometimes feel anxious from caffeine, polyphenols have been shown to reduce anxiousness so people who previously couldn't drink coffee can often drink a high polyphenol coffee like Excel's so you can be jitter and crash free. That's actually so amazing. So many people avoid caffeine because it gives them the jitters we we love caffeine um so we welcome I mean, it yeah this <laughs> this version of caffeine is highly impressive <laughs> yes and they also equally prioritize their impact on the planet and only use plastic free compostable packaging their b corp pending and donate two percent of all sales to charities restoring the natural environment so you can head to xlcoffee.com And you can opt to either have your coffee ground for medium or fine for espresso or have it in whole bean. Hi, guys. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Forking Wellness Podcast. I'm here with our amazing intern, Tony, and a really special guest, Hannah from Curate Your Style, who's a personal stylist in London and also all around the world. Hello. Hi, thank you for having me. Hello, good to be back. We are so excited to record this episode. Um, I think I mentioned this like ages ago, where I was having this like post-pandemic like meltdown Tony's laughing because you definitely remember me going on a rant about this we had so many chats on the whatsapp group you being like I don't know if I can leave the house I don't know what to wear what is my style now yeah it's been like just because when you're home like your work from home clothes like I just wear leggings and t-shirts or like jogging bottoms or sweatpants and stuff and I just like had this like total identity crisis of who am I? What's my style? And I just like, and then you start looking online and it's like their style is so different to your style. And it's like, how does one curate their own personal style? So I guess before jumping into all of that, like love for you to introduce yourself and tell (laughs) us like how you got into this. So I first was introduced to personal styling when I was about 13 because my mum actually saw a personal stylist 
And I had no idea that this was a career that even existed. I mean, I'd seen makeover shows on TV, which I loved. I loved the transformation of people, particularly in confidence, how they start off with a mindset, how they view themselves and how by the end of the show, they see themselves in a completely new light, purely through colour and fabric and like the cuts of clothes. It just really inspired me. So when I saw the transformation in my mum, I was hooked. Um, I trained in 2018, but I had also shadowed and worked with other personal stylists since I was about 15. That's amazing. And was the um the transformation that you said you saw in your mom, like, was it purely confidence-based? Like, what, like, can you elaborate on that a bit? Sure. So um, my mom just had no idea what really suited her. And as a result, took advice that's so generic. And when it didn't work for her, she kind of got into this cycle of thinking that there was something wrong with her, which I see all the time with clients as well. Like, oh, nothing suits me. Oh, I have a really hard body shape to dress. Or I'm really clueless. I don't know anything. And like they've kind of got this idea in, in their mind of that they are so clueless. And as a result, they kind of lose confidence and they feel like there's no place for them to express themselves in fashion. So they kind of just accept this identity of like well nothing suits me I don't know what I'm doing and fashion's not for me and that might be fine if be, not being interested in fashion doesn't impact your confidence that's totally fine but when it does impact your confidence it's a real shame so my mum what I saw in her was that she just became she felt like she had a place not just with clothes but also in the world which I know sounds kind of corny but she could express herself and she felt like it just opened new doors for her. She saw herself in a new light and as a result took new risks that she wouldn't have taken before. I love that. I also think um, it's definitely such a thing that's become more of an issue with social media where we see people in certain light clothes. Like I think mm-hmm. TikTok, Instagram, because they're so visual, you see people in outfits and you're like, oh my God, I love that. I look so cute on them. You order it, you tri- t- put it on and you're like, why does this look so awful on me? Like we were talking today about like the whole like low rise jeans trend. Oh gosh. I just think like, you know what I mean? Like, and it's like a nightmare for most body shapes anyways. But I remember I went to a school with a lot of like really skinny girls that that sort of thing just looked really good on. And I remember I bought them and I, I never felt very comfortable with them, but I felt I had to wear them. I'm so glad yeah. we're out of that scene now. I mean, this is what I mean when I say sort of like generic style advice. It's just so non-specific to that person's body shape, their skin tone, their personality, or their lifestyle, or even budget. That yeah. once you start falling into that, you just end up dressing in a way that you don't feel confident, if you know what I mean, because you just feel like that's what you have to do. So there's so much kind of mystery around looking good. It's as if it's only for certain people, right? Like, oh, only if you're a certain age, or only if you're a certain size, then you can look good. Or only if you're a certain body shape, like we see particularly with women, the trends of body shapes just coming and going every like 10, 15, 20 years or so. So it's kind of like we get hooked on trends when we don't go to shopping when it comes to like, from how do I word it? We get hooked on trends when we don't go like me first into a shop. Instead, we're so easily influenced by um, the shops, magazines and influencers, which are all there basically just to turn over stock. Yeah, that's fashion. Yeah, it's not really there to make you look good, to build a wardrobe you love. It's just there to make sure that, you know, sales happen. Yeah, that their bottom line is happy. Um, And I want to get into that, like what a capsule wardrobe is. And I guess that's like very, um, I guess the antithesis of kind of like super trendy clothes. 
but starting from the basics, like how do you help people, you know, find their style? Like what is the process? Tony, I know that you went for a consultation with Hannah. So maybe you can speak to a bit of like your motivation to doing it. I definitely want to do it. Um, Oh, it would be so much fun. But what does this process look like? So I kind of do it differently. And the reason for this is because I've had a lot of clients who say, like, show me a Pinterest board of styles that they love, or they talk about celebrities that whose styles that they admire. And when it actually comes to them getting dressed in the clothes that are very similar to those styles, it's surprising how most of the time they just don't feel like themselves in it. So like, for instance, I used to be obsessed with Serena Vanderwoodson's look on Gossip Girl, like obsessed. So when I would copy her look, I mean, I would like it, but it was so glamorous for my lifestyle that I wouldn't feel comfortable. Yeah. What what were you wearing, like, out of curiosity? Oh, gosh, what was I wearing? It was all, like, sequins, so much jewellery. I mean, like, everything. I mean, I felt good, but I felt inappropriate at the same time. It didn't actually make me feel confident. It made me feel self-conscious, actually. Yeah, her style was also, like, so a bit here and a bit there. She was a bit free people and a bit glam and... It's exactly. very confusing. <laughs> You'd have to have like an enormous wardrobe to pull off this look. But yeah. So I kind of do it from a, we start off with who are you and what is your lifestyle and how do you want to feel in the different areas of your lifestyle? And I kind of go around it that way. So rather than being influenced by clothes or style first, mm-hmm. I try and get to the bottom of who that person is and what their lifestyle looks like how, and then how they want to feel. So at work, they might want to feel powerful. Got it. They want to feel confident. Maybe on a date night, they want to feel feminine and soft. And perhaps when they're with their friends, they want to just feel super casual. So we kind of like go around it from that perspective first, rather than it going from like a style on the outside in, it's inside out, if that makes sense. Yeah, I love that. It's very personal. Out of curiosity, Tony, what was your answer to that question of like why I'm doing it or like or how it went like the um what 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 do you want out of the style like relaxed or feminine or see I think it's more occasion based I think generally I like to feel more mature because I think I'm in that weird stage at the moment where I'm like 25 and I kind of want to feel more like an adult because I internally still feel like a 13 year old to be honest with you half the time so I sometimes when I dress I'm just like I want to feel more mature but I also don't want to be walking around in suits because as you say like it's so easy to feel like overdressed or inappropriate and that's what I've like really struggled with in the past I said like Mm -hmm. I dress really nicely but then I look at my friends I'm like I'm slightly overdressing here like I'd feel good in my clothes generally but then in the situation I was a bit like uh I don't love Mm -hmm. that that's why I love the idea of like a capsule wardrobe where you're like focusing more on basics and then you can style things up and down a little bit so then like individual pieces become more versatile because I definitely Mm -hmm. just shop on what like I like I see mostly if I have an occasion I'm like oh I'll buy a new outfit and it's not particularly sustainable because I just end up with loads of outfits none of them can be used for anything (laughs) yeah totally I I'm very similar. I think one of the things for me is because I'm so short, I know it's hard to tell in the Zoom, but I'm only five feet. Um, I can come off looking quite young and I'm 29. So I don't want to look super. I mean, like, it's great when people think I'm young, right? Like, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Oh God, thank you. <laughs> um, but at the same time, like, I don't want to look childish. 
And I think some of the trends going on at the moment um, in my body shape could make me look quite childish. Um, And I always just want to like lengthen my legs and appear taller because I'm so petite and like clothes don't fit me in the same way. And it's really actually quite hard to find petite clothes because I think stores and we're digressing, but I think stores like it's like five, three or below. Mm. Um, and I'm five feet and I actually have disproportionately short legs. So, um, like even petite trousers often are like way too long on me. So like, I just struggle massively. So yeah, I think I want to feel mature as well. I agree with you, uh, Tony. I definitely like that, but also effortlessly cool and casual. Like it doesn't look like it took me ages to get ready, even though maybe it did. That's the key. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's either, you want to be in a situation where it's maybe taking you a while to build this wardrobe, but it didn't take you a while to get dressed. It maybe took you two minutes for an outfit together. Yes. But the effort is in building that collection. Yeah. That's how the effort is. Not spending half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour working out what to wear nightmare <laughs> yes I mean it used to be me all the time no judgment that was me. <laughs> and then like the clothes like everywhere on the floor when you're like running out of the house because you like you yeah. put an outfit together like I find that so stressful I know and yet there's actually such a thing called wardrobe wardrobe rage oh I do I suffer yeah. from that it's like when you take more than 17 minutes to get ready I think you can like suffer from wardrobe rage or you start sort of like just shouting it at nobody just getting so frustrated and we all know we've probably all been there where you put on an outfit but you still just feel like it's not right and you go out anyway and yeah and then you're like I'll just wear this I don't have anything in my closet (laughs) and it's like nothing's in your closet because it's all over the floor Uh, (laughs) so my next question is like where does the color palette come into it I find this so fascinating you've done videos on like autumn winter like I just find it so fascinating can you explain (laughs) it a bit sure so basically we are all either warm or cool toned and that's to do with our undertones not just the surface of our skin so there's a big misconception that if you're pale you must be cool and if you're sort of darker you must be warm but it's nothing to do with that whatsoever it's all to do with your undertone what's going on underneath the skin so to make put it simply we can all wear pretty much every kind of color. Like we can all look good in blue, we can all look good in green, but it's determining what kind of blue or what kind of green that is. And so if we think about colors into sort of four different families, you kind of got rich colors, bold colors, bright, vibrant colors, or like muted pastel colors. So bold and pastel colors would both be on the cool spectrum and bright, and rich colours would be on the warm spectrum. Now in personal styling, we call them seasons. So you'd be a spring, summer, autumn or winter. Yeah. So if you're in autumn, you look good in the kind of warm, rich colours, like, like an olive green or a burnt orange or rust, beige. I think, um, I think that's me. Yeah, you look like a dark autumn to me from this lighting. Uh, I know, it's a bit weird. Looking like in terms of colouring. Weird lighting. But I do have quite like olive skin and my my... I go quite tan in the summer. Mm. Um, you could but, still be cool with actually though, if you, even if that's the case. I'll send you pictures after. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so warm and autumn would be, yeah, rich colors. So colors that have a high property of yellow or red or orange within them. So if we take a green, for example, 
a warm green would, in an autumn palette would be like a khaki or an olive. So that green is made up of blue and yellow, right? But it has more yellow in it because those with warm undertones have more of a yellow undertone to their skin. So they look more, more in harmony with colors that have more yellow in them. I know yeah. it sounds quite hard to picture when we're just talking without any images, but it can be a little confusing. Whereas say somebody who's a cool, uh, who's got cool undertones would look better in colors that have more blue in them. So rather than a khaki green, it would be like a forest green, bottle green, an emerald green would look better on them. On a cool person, yeah. emerald green? Oh, damn, yeah. I love emerald green, but maybe it's not for me. <laughs> so you look like you're kind of on the cusp between like a dark autumn, but you could fall into winter. So I'd have to just put some colors like next to you to really- Yeah, yeah. I actually think the lighting might be a bit harsh in here, but- Lighting- Harry really wants to, like, to be in well autumn, I can tell. I really want to be a warm, <laughs> a warm autumn is like what I felt I gravitated towards. But then it's like, I really like emerald green as a color. Um, so now I feel conflicted if I want to change. <laughs> I know. I love, I love the winter palette colors myself, like sort of um, like crystals and jewel colors, like ru ruby, sapphire, emerald. They're beautiful, but they're like the winter colors. But I love yeah. them. But when I see myself in them, I don't love them so much. I love them when they're worn well. Apart to, you know, it's like breaking up with a toxic boyfriend. Like, okay, fine. <laughs> Not good for me, but fine. <laughs> but I can like identify that I've never had certain colors in my wardrobe because they just never, I never felt good in them. Like I don't own any kind of like, I don't own red. Um, I always felt like I didn't look good in red and even like red lipstick, I don't mm. feel like suits my face. Um, right. And yeah things like turquoise or like seafoam green. I have like a friend, if she's listening, my college roommate, Amanda, she is very much like probably a spring, like mint green is her color okay. or maybe she's a summer. And like, we just couldn't share clothes because everything was like pastel and mint yeah. green. And I was like, this just looks so weird on me. Yeah, you can like intuitively tell. I mean, it's great if you want to like pull a sick day, you know, reduce the makeup, wear a color that washes you out and just, you know, gradually say, yeah, I'm not feeling very well because <laughs> it will not make you look vibrant. It will wash you out. So, and then when it washes you out as well, it can age you. When you wear a dark color uh, next to your face and you have lines, it enhances those lines. I know it's terrifying, but also so amazing because you can wear light colors near your face and it will reduce the appearance of lines. So don't wear black and you'll look younger. So for instance, with me, I get quite dark eye circles, like under like eye bags and stuff like that. So when I wear a dark color towards my face, it just stands out so much more, even with concealer. So I tend to wear lighter colors on the top half of my, of my body. Oh, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I also love, though, how I think a lot of people intuitively kind of know. I feel like Barry already knows certain colors that she likes. I know my mum's always been a big, like, she only wears gold jewelry. And I actually think she's probably the same skin type as me. She only wears certain colors. And having looked at my color palette, I'm like, wow, my mum already dresses the way she's <laughs> supposed to, I think. And um, I just love it because, like, I think I was very much just dressing, like, what the style was so it's like oh yeah black always looks good and I like hated the idea of having to put too much effort into like thinking about clothes so I was like oh if everything's black or white or like easy colors then I can mm. like mix and match everything whereas now I was like wearing olive green and I've always gotten the most like compliments when I wear green and I'm oh, like really? I should, should have listened to that more <laughs> <laughs> been like green is my color 
Totally. Yeah. Now that you have your color palette, like, have you reflected on your wardrobe and been like, oh, that makes sense? Or has anything like surprised you or a color that you're excited mm. to go for? Uh, definitely a lot of colors in there that I'm excited to go for. I'm really excited to go for more orange stuff. I don't know. I never had a lot of it because I hate black and orange together. To me, that's too Halloweeny. But then because a lot, a lot of my like basics were black, I was like, well, if I buy something orange, what else would I wear that with? So now I'm like, oh, maybe some beige and orange or like some like cream and orange. I've got loads of ideas now. Thanks. To Hannah, <laughs> so I just need to find the money <laughs> to create my wardrobe. That's the thing, isn't it? It's like now you know what to buy and now it's like pacing yourself um, <laughs> yep. to get there. Um, I, I love that. I'm really interested. I think your your base color palette that you sent me, I feel like is what I want. So We'll talk after Hannah, but I'm hoping I'm an auto. But yeah, so talking about colors, though. So color palettes obviously depends on your skin tone. How does it change when you're tan? Because I've always felt that I look much better in certain colors when I'm tan. Yeah, so basically because your skin just on the surface is kind of got a bit darker that you can pull off different colors within your palette. Mm -hmm. Um, But you still are fundamentally that type of skin tone that won't change because it's your undertone. So I think there's a misconception that, oh, once you're tan, now you can wear colours that are outside of your palette. I mean, it's not necessarily that those colours look bad. It's just that they don't look the best. So it's not really like a firm, do not wear grey. Because if you love grey and it makes you feel confident, then great. But it's more like these are the colours that are most in harmony with you. But yeah, so when you get a tan, you can totally pull off different combinations and things like that. Because the contrast level between your hair, skin and eye colour might change a bit when you've got a tan so you can pull off different combinations as well Mm, I love what you're saying there about confidence as well I was reading some research before this episode and then they did this like white lab coat experiment a few years ago and everyone was reporting about it about like how people felt more confident or like did better in tasks when they were giving like a white lab coat because they were told it was a doctor's coat so they were like oh now I'm super professional you give them the same coat you say it's like a painter's coat they don't do so well in tasks. I'm like, isn't that just fascinating? Absolutely. And I think it's the same with like, you know, the, the little black dress or like you wear mm. like a fancy dress out. You instantly somehow feel more like confident, even though nothing else has really changed. I think that's fascinating. Totally. So that experiment was called like something like the um, enclosed cognition mm-hmm. experiment. Yeah. So it really shows how like what we put on our body changes the way we view ourselves, improves our performance. And as well, you've got kind of the other aspects or how people judge you, which is a shame, but it's the reality. Like people will make a judgment about you within like a second for a job interview as soon as you turn up. So it's about presenting yourself in a way that's accurate. It's not necessarily about doing it to impress other people. Because really, who cares? As long as you feel fantastic, that's the only thing that matters. And you want to feel like you're actually accurately putting yourself out there in the light that really reflects who you are. Yeah. If you have, if you're not doing that, then we're not doing it right. Yeah. There's something like so powerful about just even like wearing a blazer and just like, mm. it's like, no matter what else I'm wearing, if I wear a blazer, I instantly feel more put together and more confident. And it's like, it's not necessarily giving me like the best shape necessarily, but it's just like a power. I don't know. There is like that, like subconscious confidence. Yeah. And like, this is when I try and get to the bottom of what makes my clients feel really good because 
for instance, my idea of femininity could be like, say, silk fabrics, maybe lace, perhaps like blushes and things like that. For someone else, it might mean something entirely different. So there's no right or wrong. It's basically just getting down to the foundations of what ultimately makes you feel your best and just going with that. So when it comes to capsule wardrobe staples, it's not necessarily like, oh, everybody needs a little black dress. Everybody needs a great pair of jeans. Everybody needs a blazer. I personally don't subscribe to that whatsoever. If that doesn't make you feel good, and if that doesn't suit your lifestyle, then do not buy it. So What's how, let's get into capsule wardrobe okay. then. So <laughs> can you explain kind of like what, what is a capsule wardrobe? So your capsule wardrobe needs to be the pieces that you wear the most and that are essentially highly versatile. You wanna be able to style them in as many different modes as possible so that you can create multiple outfits out of different pieces. The last thing you want is that kind of, as you were saying, you buy kind of outfits that maybe work as one look, but you can't mix and match it in different ways. It doesn't create a functioning wardrobe. So it really depends, the pieces that you have in your capsule wardrobe depends on your lifestyle, depends on your sense of style, depends on your coloring, your body shape. And that varies from person to person. And that's the great thing. There's no real rule about what you should have in there. It's more about who, what would make you feel good? How do you want to present yourself? What kind of clothes would best do that for you that also suit your shape and coloring and creating a capsule wardrobe based on that? Because there's no rule that I can give somebody that's gonna guarantee confidence. It's gonna guarantee make them feel like them at their best. It's just not gonna, it doesn't work that way. It's all about coming from within. Otherwise, you might feel maybe 80% great in your outfit, but that's still settling. I want you to feel 100% yeah. great in it. It doesn't even have to be, you don't have to be dressed up. You can be super casual, but you just feel like fantastic. Yeah, I love you, that. No, go ahead, Tony. So would you say with the, if we don't focus too much on what kind of clothes you'd have in your capsule wardrobe, do you think though the basics that you have in there should be your like base colors? So colors that kind of go together and then yeah. you have your accent colors more in like accessories, like the odd top that goes with it. So like focusing it on like five or six colors, maybe that all yeah. kind of goes. So I yeah. kind of, yeah, I think that basically having like your base colors, your great um, foundations for a mix and match wardrobe so that you can easily style things together. It can be quite tricky when you've got, especially if you've got colors from different palettes going on within your wardrobe, you might have like one vibrant colored piece that you like, but it just doesn't really go with anything you've got. And it's kind of like it just sort of stack, sticks out and you never really wear it for that reason. So having a color palette for your capsule wardrobe just basically increases the versatility of everything. So sticking with colors that are easy to combine are, is the great plan for basically your capsule wardrobe essentials. Your accent colors are great for statement pieces. So if you wanna make an entrance in that maxi dress, you do it in an accent color, you know? If you want to have a great accessory, a scarf or something like that to brighten up a winter coat, then yeah, an accent color would be fantastic. It's just that accent colors are, might be tricky to style every day. Yeah. Especially if you're like working in an office or something like that, maybe it's more for corporate environment. You wanna kind of stick to sort of neutral colors maybe. Um, how yeah. big is a capsule wardrobe? Like how many pieces, like how many tops or is it like, I know that's so vague, but like. Again, it kind of depends on lifestyle. So like, it depends on what you do. Are you working in an office? So with your capsule, like with your workwear capsule wardrobe, how many things would we need there? Are you hard, like part-time at an office? 
Got it. Half the time at home. It really varies. I mean, there's so many kind of like rules, especially if you Google them, like, you know, maybe 30 items for a capsule wardrobe or something like that, which you can do if you want to kind of create a challenge for sustainability. But I just, I really make it personal according to each client. I find that works the best. But what I will say is that I've noticed most clients increase, are, have, are more open to trying different styles with their tops than they are with their bottoms. Oh, 100%. So uh, if you want to increase your like versatility, breathe new life into your current wardrobe, I would focus on your bottoms completely. What kind of fabrics are you using on the bottom? It's probably mainly denim. Swap denim for something like a wet look, swap it for a suede, swap it for a leather. You'll suddenly, it could be the exact same color and the exact same style as the trousers you've already got, but having it in a different fabric will suddenly make you feel elevated. It'll breathe new life into what you've got. Same with skirts. You know, do you often go for a denim skirt or a corduroy skirt? Just swap the fabric. Could be the same color, could be the same style, but that fabric swap will suddenly make you feel completely different. So I would focus on, on uh, your bottoms and also putting co different colors on the bottom, but that does depend on your body shape. So your like colors have a ma massive role in how your body shape like appears basically. Yeah, I think that's a great segue actually to talking about body shapes because it's just so hard, right? Like everyone looks different in clothing and not all clothes are designed for, you know, curves and things. Mm -hmm. And I, I definitely relate to that. I have like a pear shaped petite body, which is like, I swear the most difficult thing in the world <laughs> to like find clothing and like, I don't know, pear-shaped ch child size. <laughs> like, it's very most, hard. Yeah, to be fair, most pairs on the whole especially find trousers difficult to fit. To kind of get over the hips and to fit snug around the waist is something that most pairs I see really struggle with. Yeah, are there certain styles that suit better? Like certain, I always find like a wide leg. Mm. I always find like more, I'm more confident and kind of like a wide leg trouser but maybe that's like blind confidence is that not no suit? definitely that's great I mean it, to be honest with you it really depends on what you want to achieve with your body shape so I mean from when I trained to be a stylist and the stylist that I shadowed before the advice was sort of oh because you're a pear-shaped uh, body you've got a pear-shaped body you can't wear xyz because that's going to draw more attention to your pear-shaped body as if that was a fault right yeah. What if you feel more confident showcasing your pear-shaped body than if you were to disguise it? There wasn't really advice for that. It was just sort of like black and white. So the idea, basically the school of thought behind dressing for your body shape is to create a figure that feels balanced. What I mean by that is your bust curve, if you're a pear shape, should ideally feel in proportion to your hip curve to kind of create that hourglass silhouette. Got it. And apparently that's the way to dress for confidence, but that's not necessarily for everybody. I mean, I definitely see some pear-shaped women who think, you know, I just don't like the attention around my hips. I would rather just, you know, draw attention elsewhere. I feel much more confident, confident about like, say, you know, my upper body or what have you, and that's totally fine. So it's again, it's about sort of what do you want to achieve with your pear-shaped body? So if you want to say, draw more attention to it than maybe something like a skinny jean or a pair of cycling shorts like very Kim Kardashian would work for you. Like Kim Kardashian, she dresses with her pear-shaped body and that's what makes her feel really confident, you know? So, so it yeah. depends. The types of trousers you want to wear depends on what you want to do with your shape. We create optical illusions 
all the time by the way we dress. So sometimes they're flattering, sometimes they're unflattering, sometimes it's working for what we want to achieve, sometimes it's going completely against what we want to achieve. So fabric, embellishments, patterns and colours all play a huge role in that as well. Yeah, I love that. Um, I did wear like a pair of like high-waisted trousers that were like kind of flared at the bottom and had like um, like a nice like slit at the bottom and they were the same colour as my shoes, which were a heel. And I like will forever wear that look because I thought my legs just looked so long. Yeah. And I was like, who Very is she? <laughs> I, I felt so good and now I've like recognized that oh I really actually like that that style and I'll mm. try and replicate it um yeah, yeah I don't know Definitely. Tony do you have any styles that you feel like you 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 love and you want to do more of I mean I definitely will only be wearing high-waisted anything at this point <laughs> <laughs> nothing else because I think like that's what I feel most comfortable like in I definitely prefer trousers to skirts that's just always been more my kind of thing so I think for me like yeah finding like nice like I don't know why like I need to figure out like I've got one pair of beige trousers that like after I had my chat with Hannah about what I should be wearing I found the only one of the only few outfits that I have that completely works in my color palette at the moment because I have so many random like clothes in my (laughs) wardrobe and um those trousers fit me really well and I'm like okay this is maybe what I need to be like focusing on um but I was chatting to Hannah as well about like I really want to try to buy more like sustainable clothes but it's so hard like yeah. to do like stylish but sustainable but also being able to still afford clothes because mm. <laughs> it's, it's totally. one or the other like it's like one of these things that you can choose one but you can rarely have all three I'm sure it can work if you search long and hard and people love thrifting but I've, I don't know. But it's I time consuming, like... isn't it? Like it's massively time consuming. Definitely. And most importantly, if you wear what's in your wardrobe, that's the most sustainable thing you can do. There's so no true. point having a sustainable wardrobe for, that's full that you barely wear. Most people have clothes hanging in their wardrobe that they don't wear. Some of them still have the tags still in them. That's uh, a massive waste is a huge problem, especially when it comes to sustainability. So if you're going for things that are going to last, things that are versatile, things that you're going to get a lot of wear out of. That's the great first step into buying sustainably, um, even if you can't afford sustainable brands. That's yeah. such an interesting point. And I, I never thought about it like that, but that makes so much sense. Like the most sustainable thing you can do is actually wear the clothes in your closet. Yeah, I mean, it's sustainable fashion is not accessible to everybody. And that's just, it's a sad reality, but it's true. And thrifting does take a lot of time. Once you know what works for your body shape, once you know your personal style, once you know your colours, you could go into any shop, whether it's a charity shop, whether it's Dior, and you can find something that's going to work for you. But it does take time if you're doing secondhand shopping, for sure. I get too overwhelmed in there. I went to some charity shops like around where Barry lives in Putney and it was just like, I don't know like what I'm looking for. I was like looking at loads of clothes. I was like, everything smells a bit funny as well in some of these stores, <laughs> which I don't appreciate, but I know why. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't wait. I, I, I'm hopefully going to go on a shopping trip with Hannah over my birthday in a few months. So I'm saving up money and then hopefully oh my God, so solve excited. all my <laughs> wardrobe issues. And I'll, I'll show you my new beautiful yes. styled wardrobe. <laughs> I need to do this as well. So out of curiosity, like where would you take Tony to shop? Like on said styling day 
So we start our sessions in our styling room, which is just uh, off, uh, just off Bond Street. So we start there for a color and body shape consultation, even though you had your colors done. But we generally start in a private room so that we can talk about potentially um, personal things before hitting the shops. You know, it's not great to do that in front of sales assistants or potential other, other customers, especially if it's a sensitive topic. So I do see a lot of clients who perhaps gained or lost weight recently, had a big life change. Maybe they've, I mean, I've had some clients who've said like recovering from cancer and they've had surgery and their body shape's now not the same. So it's important to be able to talk about that sort of thing in private before hitting the shops. The shops we go to will completely depend on your budget. I mean, like we quite literally work from Primark, H&M, all the way up to the kind of high-end luxury brands. And it depends on what you want to achieve as well. So you know you're looking for more of like a sustainable capsule wardrobe. So we'd focus on getting whatever basics are going to fit your lifestyle. And it depends as well on your height, your body shape and what kind of, um, yeah. So we want to find brands that are going to be fit you really well. And the origin of that brand plays a massive role in that. So whether the brand is American or European or Japanese, maybe will have a big effect on how it fits you. So we'll take all that into consideration as well. See, I definitely vibe with Spanish brands. That's all I know. I mean, like, really? Because, yeah, what does that mean? Quite, well, I don't, like, you know, your Zara, Bershka, like that sizing works oh. better for me because I think like I'm just like more like petite, but like not super skinny. You know, I mean, like, I, I just think like, if you look at like certain populations of certain countries, like people have like a certain totally type and I just feel I feel like maybe I should have been born in Spain maybe that would have been (laughs) that's so funny I never would even think to the origin of what do you mean by when you say American clothes because I'm American but I live in London like say a brand um like Abercrombie and Fitch let's say okay the standard American model that they would base their sizing on so side note I also run a clothing brand and it wasn't until I started making clothes that I didn't, I didn't realize that a standard size, small, medium, and large varied according to different countries. Oh, I I didn't know. So did I. Yeah, so apparently not. So for instance, uh, my family lived in Malaysia for a little while. My mum is a UK size 10. Mm -hmm. In Malaysia, she was an extra large. Interesting. (laughs) So the sizing does change because the average size woman in Malaysia would be a lot more petite than the average size British woman or American woman. So the sizing does slightly vary from shop to shop, which is why some people might find that they might be a size 10 in Zara and maybe a size eight in Reese. So Reese is like a, I'm pretty sure it's a British brand or like All Saints, that's definitely a British brand. That's so interesting. One of my followers, I put a question box up and one of my followers did ask me like why she's so inconsistent in sizes at shops. Um, and maybe it's because like their different origins and their mm. standard sizing for their population differs. Absolutely. So you cannot take size seriously. It's just a guide for fit. As long as it fits, it really does not matter. I cannot stress that enough. <laughs> I think it's such a big mental thing, like in Absolutely. the age of like diet culture and, you know, things like that. Like people have this like emotional attachment to like as much as they have an emotional attachment to the number on the scale, they have an emotional attachment to like the size of their clothing where it's Mm -hmm. like, God forbid they had a size up on something. It would be, you know, devastating to them. Um, And I totally am like respecting that person's emotions because that's their feelings and they're totally entitled to feelings. But 
it is just like a bloody number, isn't it? Like just yeah. you dress to feel comfortable. Like you don't want something digging into the, your side and you Absolutely can't eat because um, you can't breathe in your clothes. Yeah. I mean, I see this a lot with um, teens. So I get a lot of say 13, 14 year old girls who are suddenly a completely different dress size. They have developed faster than, than their friends. And it's just a bit of a shock to the system, especially if they are a medium to large in uh, like an adult sized shop, like mm-hmm. say Abercrombie and Fitch or Hollister's. No, they're no longer in so, like age 10 to 12 clothes or what have you. They're now in a size, right? They can definitely get caught up in how important that must be to be a certain size. Like they get defined by these letters and these numbers and they absolutely mean nothing. It's just fit because if it varies so wildly from one shop to the next, how can yeah. it possibly mean anything? Yeah, totally. Um, and like, ultimately, like, I always just like, you just feel so much better, right? Like, but I think it, it's the same thing with like nutrition. And, you know, I think, you know, we all go through that stage and how it's handled and our perception of ourselves, like it's such a delicate age and a delicate mm-hmm. time. Um, but I think like having that support must be so beneficial um, for them during that time to like normalize size variation and normalizing feeling good in your body and stuff like as much as we can normalize foods to eat like normalize dressing for your current body that's probably like a massive thing in the body positivity movement as well Mm, it's really interesting the amount of women I see who say they don't want to they've never thought about interest sorry investing in this version of themselves interesting perhaps they've like gained weight or something like that they or maybe lost weight or they've had a life change that's maybe knocked their confidence and they've been dressing in a way that they don't like. And this period in their life has perhaps gone on for a little bit longer than they were expecting to. So they kind of hit a point where they go, you know, I've got to make a change, but I've been really reluctant to spend money on myself when I'm like this. And after they have a styling session, they get back in their flow because they're totally embracing who they are, where they are now. And suddenly they kind of make progress in other areas of their life that they thought, was going to be completely unrelated to the styling session, but actually it has a knock-on effect kind of everywhere. So if that. you, yeah, so I, I absolutely love that. And I think it's so interesting because I think like I work a lot with people that are like looking to lose weight. I work in like type 2 diabetes. So there's definitely a lot of people that say like, they kind of hate buying clothes because if you're on that yeah. sort of path, it feels like it's not worth it. Is there clothes that you can wear that kind of, can serve you for a little bit longer where you feel confident in it at different sizes if that makes sense like I guess anything that's not too skin tight but is there like specific cuts that are like more flattering no matter how your body shape kind of changes I mean it really depends on the shape so say what would work on a pear shape with a pear we want to always enhance that waist whether it's you're using the um, your bottoms or your tops something's got to be going on with your waistline for instance because without that waistline being defined you're going to appear like you're one width all the mm-hmm. way up and that's not an accurate representation of your shape and you're likely to kind of feel like something's off but you can't quite put your finger on why now with another body shape like an apple body shape where their waist is the widest part of their shape we'd want to be putting boxy styles on them so it really depends on the shape but generally speaking the structure of your body so the actual shape and proportion of your figure isn't going to change when you gain or lose weight if you have a wider hip curve versus your bust curve, that will be the same 
even if you go up to a size 18 or if you go down to a size zero, that will still be the proportion. If you gain weight, you're not suddenly going to get a bigger bust curve versus hip curve. You're not going to change structure. Yeah. So that's the great thing. Once you know what works for your shape, it will just work for your shape no matter what your size is. My boyfriend's always like, why do you do that? Like weird tuck with your shirt into the French front of your trousers. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm trying to define my waist. Like, <laughs> that's, like, so funny. that's like a weird thing that you do. And I'm like, no, because it suits my body type because <laughs> or else things are just long and they hit me at my widest part. Right. Yeah. Because the eye is always drawn to where garments meet or where garments, garments end. So if you're wearing like a long oversized top, for instance, that finishes at the widest part of your thigh and hips, it will draw more attention to that part of your shape. That's great if you want to draw more attention to that part of your body shape. If not, then I definitely recommend tucking it in or wearing a belt or perhaps putting something cropped on the top so that we can accentuate that waistline. There's lots and lots of things we can do to create different silhouettes. Yeah. Out of curiosity, what are your favorite shops? Like, okay, wh- where do you recommend going? I mean, I personally love Reese. Okay. Um, although a lot of it doesn't particularly fit me that well because I'm also quite petite, so I'm five three. And they do a petite range, though, they do don't have they? A range, yeah. Um, but it's not very petite. I, I mean, I just, I guess, I have a short complex. <laughs> so you know <laughs> and like you I also have a short like shorter leg proportion so I often get jeans from say River Island where they do short leg um and that works well with me in heels so <laughs> I'm even in flats I still have to get them tailored so I feel your pain um I love pretty much all the brands in Selfridges um on the third floor where it's like Ted Baker All Saints you have brands like Sandro um uh, reformation all sorts of brands there they're fantastic I really they like- do petites as well reformation. yeah they do <laughs> and um online I like naked um I don't know if you guys shop there but that's quite a good one uh, na-kd I've seen yeah. it I've never bought anything from there though they have some like really great particularly for a pear shape really great wrap style tops that would work really well so I get a lot of tops from there um where else do I like I do like free people you know I, I pretty much love everything I feel like you can kind of walk into any shop and find something that's going to work for you but I really like um nice quality fabrics I mean everyone does right like that's the dream (laughs) I mean I do a lot of shopping on Depop and eBay okay a lot so I recommend finding your size and going to going into a shop that you really like that perhaps you can't necessarily afford working out what size you are and then eBaying it interesting you know what I've recently done um, have you heard of the app? We is it rotate by rotation? Yes. So I um got a Reformation dress for a wedding, very expensive, like probably shouldn't have bought it, but I really <laughs> wanted it. It was emerald green, thought it was my color. Now I'm second guessing it. Um and I wore it. I felt so confident in it. Like I love that dress. I will wear it again, definitely. Um, but I put it on by rotation, and I think I've had like four or five people rent it for a few days and I've almost made my money back on it. Um, so like I thought I was gonna, I wasn't sure if I was going to like wear it and then resell it. Um, but then I just rented it out super sustainable. I mean, the fact that you have to ship it kind of almost defeats the sustainability bit of it. Um, but it's just inter 
London mostly or enter UK. So it's all right. Um, <laughs> it's not like I'm shipping it to, you know. Yeah. I mean, we can only far. do our best. We don't live in a exactly. world that's perfectly set up for sustainability. In fact, exactly. But yeah, like those higher price items that like are more of those like investment pieces, um, you can rent them out as well to other people, um, mm-hmm. which I found to be really interesting. I've rented out a handbag. Um, I one time thrifted like years and years and years ago, a silk Dior scarf. I think I was like 14 when I thrifted this in wow. Manhattan and I've kept it and it's come back into um like trends um that's like very trendy at the moment or it was over the summer so um lent that out a few times as well and I got that so cheap at a thrift store I've like made such a profit on that now um but yeah by rotation not an ad highly recommend though if anyone has (laughs) like higher quality you know possibly designer items that they want to make like back their investment yeah, that's great. I mean, I do a lot of charity shopping in London in Pimlico. There okay. are so many charity shops in a really short, um, small area. Um, and it's ideal. I mean, I've got a YSL blazer for £30. Um, oh, my God. I bought a Chanel skirt recently, I think £20. I mean, in fact, the guy in the, in the store was like, do you think we undercharge in here? Like, no, 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 no. In fact, like, I think it's like perfect. <laughs> So yeah, Pimlico, if you're in London, it's a great place to shop for great secondhand pieces. I mean, I can't believe what I've found. I get a lot of stuff around here. Oh, that's such a good tip. Um, Tony, maybe we should go do some Yeah, thrifting. we should do some <laughs> thrifting together. I love that. Um, one question that I was going to ask, because we were talking about online shopping, and obviously you work with a lot of online clients. What do you think... So do you reckon if you buy from a brand online, is it always better to go into the shop first? Because obviously there's some brands that only exist online. So Mm -hmm. would you say measure yourself, try to figure out the measuring on the website? Because I'm always very reluctant to spend lots of money. Like, you know, like ASOS, you can send it all back so easily. So like ASOS, I'm not so scared. But when it's like a brand I don't know, I'm always like, ah, is it going to be like so much pain ordering it? It doesn't fit. And then I'm stuck like trying to return all these items, you know? Yeah, that is the only kind of hassle with online. I would recommend, yeah, using the size guides is the best way for you to kind of get, um, yeah, just an idea of whether or not it's going to fit. But just keep in mind that there will be some like variables on that. I mean, it's quite funny how you could try, especially in a fast fashion shop, I mean, the clothes that are made extremely quickly. So you could try on the same size trousers in a fast fashion shop and find that they fit slightly differently. Yeah. So there will be some variety between each item. Definitely use a size guide. Um, and if you can, I mean, it depends on how big the brand is. You can always Google, like, is such and such true to size as well to, to do that. But like I said, again, try and if it's like, say, a French brand or a Spanish brand or an American brand, that might have an impact on the size as well. So keep that in mind. And just for, like, clarity, is American, does that mean it's smaller or bigger? Than like a U, it's it's similar to a UK size woman. Okay. But say for you and I who are like five foot three and under, that's probably going to be a little big on us. So we'd suit so I knew it as well, Tony. Suit the European brands better. European brands are shorter. Yes. So when you tend to if you oh. go to like uh, Spain or Italy, you'll find that the population is generally uh, shorter than the UK or the US, and especially like Scandinavian brands where. They're a lot taller over there. I feel so like dumbfounded that I'm just <laughs> like putting this together. Cause like I do have like a few pairs of like Zara, even though like 
granted I just bought a pair of like um leather look like Zara trousers that fit me perfectly but I'm 99% sure that they are cropped um because <laughs> I, I found them on like some petite fashion TikTok and found the style number and ordered them and she was like great if you're under like five three these will be full length on you and it worked and they fit perfectly full length but they are a cropped trouser which is like kind of embarrassing <laughs> I'm with you. I feel you. That happens to me all the time. In fact, the only trousers that fit me in Reese are cropped. Oh my God. That's so funny. I'll have yeah. to check them out. Um, <laughs> that's so good. I'm just trying to think if there's any other questions. I mean, I could talk to you for hours about this. I just find like, it, we didn't even really dive so much deep into the psychology behind, you know, the, why we dress the way we dress, which I think is so fascinating. But Tony, is there anything that you think we're missing? I think the one thing we talked about was whether the advice changes at all for men or is like general style advice still, I mean, obviously in terms of body shape, I'm sure it's very different because men's shapes are different and what they want to accentuate. But in terms of colors, color palettes is still sort of the same for men or is there like a different one? No, it's still the same for men. So it's not just your undertone, it's also the contrast level between your hair, skin and eye color as well. So that will kind of impact what color combinations you can put together, how striking they are or how um, sort of harmonious they seem. So that's the same for men and women. When it comes to men's styling, again, like we just work with their physique and what they wanna achieve with that physique. So for instance, we might use layering to achieve, you know, one type of look, or we might kind of go for a monochromatic look or to elongate um, a shape. So it's similar, but there's always um, some sort of like, it's, it's every client is extremely personal. It's like so, nutrition. Yeah. Like yeah, everyone is so personal. Everyone has different goals. Everyone has different preferences, you know, past associations with certain food allergies. Like yeah, we're all so unique. Yes. Associations have an enormous impact on styling. I mean, my school uniform was green. So I just stayed away from green for years. That's just like, so no, I'm done. I'm done with green. Or like some people might say, you know, I really like it, but this really reminds me of how my mum dresses and I don't want to dress like my mum. So like we have a lot of associations, just like that enclosed cognition study. Associations have a massive impact on what how we feel in clothes as well. So yeah, it's really, it's very similar in terms of like, say, like you say, styling and nutrition. So personal. That's what makes it so interesting. Mm, and I love that as well, that you can associate, like, because I think there's that obviously like colour theory in general where you, everyone associates certain colors with certain things but also how you like personally feel like for me I was really shy before I started traveling so like up until the age of 18 super shy then like kind of in my head I was like fake it till you make it I'm just gonna pretend I'm confident now and then see how it goes and it worked very well because <laughs> now I can do a podcast without like I don't know being really embarrassed and I start wearing a lot more red because I think in my head I was like I need to change something and then now it doesn't fit in with my color scheme anymore. So we're going to have to throw a red out again. <laughs> but but I'm sure while. you can get a blush, right? Like, yeah, yeah I'll go for like a burnt martyry red. Will be cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, it was so funny because that for me, yeah, it was just like my confidence color, which I think I again associated because red is very like striking and like a bit, I guess a bit attention seeking to be honest with you, but kind of served a purpose. Yeah, it's yeah, like bold. Yeah, I think like red is like bold and confident and like loud, which is probably why I stay away from it. Cause I think like I'm naturally quite loud and bold and I just feel like I'm overkill American <laughs> at that point. 
<laughs> so you kind of go for like more muted colors like neutral to, to balance out yeah to balance out my personality <laughs> like rein it in <laughs> but no it's amazing how you can gravitate towards colors just on how it makes you feel as well there's so much information about how color can affect your blood pressure as well and really yeah I mean, I'm That's not very sure exactly what it is off the top of my head, but there's a lot of studies about that. Yeah. And same when, like if you paint a child's room yellow, you've there's been studies to prove that they'll find it a lot harder to sleep in there. And yeah, it has an enormous impact on us and we're not even aware of it. Really? So like people who don't find the sex of their gender and do like a gender neutral bedroom and like they used to choose yellow. I think now it's like more cream and neutral yeah. vibes. But and like like kind of like yeah, relaxing, like maybe a green as well, like to yeah calm and peaceful whereas like oh yellow is more like creativity and joy and energy yeah oh so interesting it's like <laughs> it's almost like an aura color are you like yeah. familiar with those I find those also fascinating um like what someone's aura color is and like yeah yellow is like that creativity isn't it yeah oh like, yeah and same with like chakra colors and things as well I yeah the colors and everything like kind of align with color psychology and yeah it's very like it just kind of crosses over into everything once you once you dive into one aspect of color you'll find it just kind of spreads in all kinds of directions I love that it's so interesting honestly like I said I could talk to you for hours about this because I just (laughs) genuinely find it so so interesting and I will be booking my consultation to find out if I am an indeed a warm (laughs) autumn as I think I am um but where can everyone find you to learn more about what you do or book a consultation with you? Yeah, so we um, have 15 minute free consultations on Zoom um, and you can find us on TikTok and the name, name on TikTok is just at Curate Your Style. Same on Instagram as well. And our website is curateyourstyle.london. So it's curate, not create. Curate. <laughs> we'll link everything in the show notes don't worry everyone know how to find you (laughs) amazing thank you so much for coming on and chatting to us thank you for having me it's been so much fun oh have a good night thank you have a lucky night bye bye Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the forking wellness podcast as always please rate review and subscribe And share with your friends if you love this episode. It really does help us get seen in the chart. You can now also order our Forking Wellness book anywhere books are sold. Order it on Amazon Prime for next day delivery. And Barnes & Noble in America. And if you love the book, we would so appreciate a review on Amazon. We absolutely love hearing your feedback and we really hope you enjoy it. We'll speak to you guys next week. Bye.